Hello and welcome to the Phil Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 331. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we have Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Hey. How's it going? Pretty good. Just back from uh, Nixon Park there. Oh, Nixon Park. Nixon Hitting Park. it up. Got myself a, a snow cone. And oh, I, saw, nice. I saw a shit ton of hummingbird moth, moths, which are fucking weird. Hummingbird moths? They're moths, but they look exactly like a little hummingbird. Interesting. But they have an antenna. They're bizarre. Bizarre creatures. Hmm. How about that? I was in a blackout last I, night. Yeah. I saw that you guys had a little blackout there last night. Yeah. So uh, evidently a transformer blew in Columbus Circle. And all the power went out in like from... I don't know, like 53rd down to like Times Square. And in my neighborhood, it was fine. And then around 8.30, 8.45, all of a sudden, just bam, nothing, no power. And we went downstairs and, uh, oh, f- first of all, two people got trapped in our elevator. Oh, no. And we have two elevators and somebody, I think somebody got trapped in each one of them. Uh, so that was bad. So the fire department had to come out to our building and, and rescue the people out of the elevator. They were stuck in the elevator for probably 45 minutes. That's not too bad. No, it wasn't too bad. I, I mean, they were freaking out. One of them was freaking out, but it was, it was okay. They got them out. Okay. And so while all the power was out, we were just like walking around and it was like, it was really eerie to see, giant portions of of midtown manhattan just be it plunged into darkness is <laughs> very strange but the the power came back on about two and a half hours later so close to midnight came back on right. so oh, no, not, not it, it wasn't bad. too bad no no hopefully there weren't any like injuries or anything like that i didn't, I didn't read about anything reported you know some people need electricity for like ventilators and you know for medical reasons this week on the show we'll be talking about alexander aja's crawl we'll also be looking at crawl or crawling as kevin (laughs) crawling crawling too steady crawling uh we'll also be talking about something we're watching on the watch list and going over this week's new releases in theaters vod and blu-ray thank you so much for joining us remember to please consider reviewing us on itunes if you get a chance that would be incredible Housekeeping, only one thing. No Ryan watches a movie this week. Uh, Ryan was like totally ghosting us. We, we he could not get a hold of him. He's he's fine, by the way. I, yeah, what I don't, I still don't understand because nothing for like the longest stretch of time. And then he's just like, yeah. Like, what do you want? Like, <laughs> yeah, you, it was. <laughs> he goes, huh. So we're, we're like talking. Okay, so we're we're trying to get a hold of him and we're trying to formulate a time. And I'm like, recording tomorrow? And Kevin's like, yeah, I'm in. And I'm like, Ryan? 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 <laughs> Anything? And he's just, there's no response. And then, like, late that, later that night, he's just like, he just goes, yeah. And I was like, why are you ghosting us? And he's just like, huh? <laughs> Oh god. So anyway, we'll we'll try to we'll try to get together with him this week and see. Let's talk about Crawl. As I said, this is directed by Alexander Aja. I have a synopsis here. A young woman, while attempting to save her father during a category five hurricane, finds herself trapped in a flooding house and must fight for her life against alligators. <laughs> now <laughs> I actually, here's the thing about crawl. You read that synopsis, you see the trailer, you look at the marketing material and you know what crawl is. You know what it's going to be. I went to see this with two Floridians and I myself was a Floridian for close to 10 years. So for some reason, they think that like they're expert, they're all experts on alligators. (laughs) 
They just know them inside and out. They're all just, alligator scientists in Florida. <laughs> And as, and as I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, man, they are going to nitpick everything about these alligators and, and like how they hunt and how they move and, and just everything involving the alligators. Which gonna, is all of them. <laughs> they're going to just criticize. And sure enough, when we got out of the theater, that's, that's what happened. So it was, was, it, was it like the first words is just like an alligator would not do that yes that is exactly yes that is exactly what happened and it was frustrating to me because of course of course an alligator wouldn't do that do you think that this director going into this movie and making this movie thought to himself like that's exactly what they do (laughs) like no of course not he knows this is this is a movie about killer alligators from the same director that brought us a movie about killer piranha, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's not meant to be a hundred percent realistic and yes. their, their biggest complaints with the movie were like, she'd never build a out swim an alligator. Are you kidding me? And I'm like, no, of course she wouldn't. But, but if, if that's, if we're going to nitpick that one aspect of it, we have to nitpick the whole thing because this wouldn't happen at all to begin with and you wouldn't you wouldn't be in this situation at all if it was real life right so i i, I don't know i think anybody that nitpicks the alligator tech in <laughs> in, in this movie <laughs> there's there's other things that you can complain about there's other criticisms to be had it's not a perfect movie but <laughs> no by all means yeah yeah but this is like you said basing off of the synopsis and the the trail the trailer alone tells you exactly what it's going to be. It tells you everything. Yeah, there's no surprises. There's no there's no surprises here. It's it's exactly what it what it sets out to be. Yeah, <laughs> and it does it the best way too, which is her driving to her dad's house, and there's a billboard that says Alligator Farm, and you're like, ah, that's where the alligators come from. Yeah, and then like within like ten minutes an alligator is introduced and then it's alligator time from then on out. Yeah. And it's amazing. Pretty, pretty much nonstop alligator, multiple mm-hmm. alligators, multiple people getting chomped. And, and, and that's what they, they were some of their criticism. We were like, Oh, well, you know, an alligator wouldn't, wouldn't attack that frequently. And it wouldn't, it, you know, it, once it killed one person and ate it, it would be full and it wouldn't leave the body and stuff. And I'm like, that wouldn't be a fun movie. I was like, we're going to see this movie to watch these alligators chomp on people nonstop. If they ate one person in it, they ate one person and called it a day. It would not be a very fun movie. I mean, technically you could have that because at some, at at a certain time there are like eight alligators. So there's enough people for each alligator. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Each alligator. Yeah. All these little baby gators, they need to yeah. eat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're hungry. They just hatched. <laughs> they want human blood. And probably they're just pissed off about the hurricane. You know, they're probably grumpy. I would be. I had a really good time with Crawl. It was exactly what I expected. It was exactly what I wanted yes. for the most part. For the most yes. part. Now, uh, comparing this to Piranha 3D, I, I really liked Piranha 3D. I thought it was an absolute blast. I don't think it's on the same level as Piranha 3D in that it it knows exactly what it is and it doesn't take itself too seriously, but uh there's a lot more comedy in Piranha 3D and this movie while there are some some bits of comedy certainly. Uh it it I think it takes itself pretty seriously and yeah, this is, this I could have I could have gone for a, a, some more kind of goofy goofy moments maybe maybe a couple more kills like some some like more kind of bumbling idiots like the two thieves who get it just maybe some more humor in it I do just I, I mean I could see that but I think the humor didn't really or the lack of didn't really bother me too much because I thought, you know, it is what it is, and it does a pretty damn good job of it. In that, it's a, it's a disaster movie, 
a natural disaster movie mixed with a, you know, like an animal attack type movie. And then to, to complete this, this triangle, they're trapped underneath that in like a claustrophobic setting. Yeah. Of trying yeah. to get out. It's just, it's like three great things yeah. all converging at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it really Incredible. is. Isn't it? Isn't it? Um, I love these containment thrillers. I love movies where people are trapped in a single location and to introduce the alligator aspect of it. I, I just thought it was, it was great. I thought it was actually very tense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This, there were, there were some really tense moments. Uh, one thing that I really liked, I think that the, that the lead um, Haley played by Kaya Scottelario, she was great in it i thought that her character was it was a, a well-developed strong character she was clever she she seemed to make all the right moves she she wasn't like an airhead or an idiot she was she was smart like she knew how to treat a wound she was uh the the like ingenuity that she showed throughout the movie mm-hmm. i thought was really refreshing in, especially in movies like this. And I thought that she was the one who really, I mean, she carried the whole movie. No, oh, yeah, definitely. And Barry Pepper, who plays her father, was just, I mean, he was injured, but he was fairly useless. Like, he was good at distracting the gators, and that was, that was his purpose. Yeah, the only thing that I had, like, a little bit of an issue with, and, I mean, to a certain extent, I understand that you want to, perhaps had a little bit more substance to this film. I would have been, honestly, I would have been, I would have enjoyed this a lot more if it was just bare bones. They're trapped underneath the house and they're trying to get out with the gators. But like the, the injection of like the family stuff where he's talking about like, Oh, you know, I lied about the house being in escrow. It's like, who the fuck cares? There's gators everywhere. You would not be talking about this shit right now. Like, no one cares about you selling the house. Uh, what happened in your marriage? Like, this is not the time nor the place. There's a nine gators in and around the house trying to eat everything. Yeah. I mean, I probably, I probably could have done without that, but truthfully, it's, there, there's so little of it in there that it, it's yeah. not a, it's not a big deal. I mean, I, I feel like that they included a lot of that stuff just, to pad the the moments in between yeah, the, just, the, the it exciting gave him, set pieces. It gave him something to talk about, really. Right, but exactly. It would have been great if it was like this really bare bones where much of the dialogue is just those two being like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, and that's it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what it probably would be. Yeah. Like you wouldn't be talking about the house being an escrow and you weren't 100% honest about that. There, there was a lot of like moaning and groaning in it. A yeah, lot of well, moaning. Because they were in pain. Yeah, there were some pretty serious injuries. Uh, one thing that I thought was really, really good was the sound editing in this. You, you hear it right off the bat when the one alligator is going underneath the pipe and it's like, I don't know, with the, like the spines on its tail were like clinking on the pipe. Mm hmm. A lot of the sound design I thought was really, really solid in this. And and the the alligator, like the animation, the CG on the alligators, I thought was really well done too. At yeah, first, like when they first introduced it, I was like, that doesn't look great. But then I feel like, I don't know if maybe I just got used to it or it, it looked better later on or what, but I thought that it looked really good. Like the movement of the of the alligators and stuff looked quite real. Yeah, and I also love the, the just the little touch of like when the camera from like kind of her point of view or whatever would kind of scan the crawl space. Yeah. And you would just like you just might catch a glimpse of an eye of a gator eye. Yeah, yeah. Like off in the distance. And it's just like, oh shit. Here we go. I liked the I just liked the setting. I liked the little kind of cul-de-sac like town area that they were in there yeah. which i mean if we're gonna nitpick at least let's nitpick about this crawl space because the square what? footage of this crawl space <laughs> what yeah what is <laughs> happening in this crawl space what How? is going on down here 
how do you have room for multiple gator nests? Now, I will say, okay, so in in areas like this, often they will build houses up on stilts so that when when it does flood and stuff that they the houses won't get flooded. Yes. But so so I totally understand this. I've been in cr- crawl spaces in Florida like running cables and stuff and they they do exist. Crawl <laughs> spaces like this do exist. However, uh Just what I what I don't sheer size of this thing. Yeah. But I don't Just quite not. understand with this one in particular is how it somehow connects to that like drainage area and then there's like a drainage tube that connects like that's what i'm i'm a little hung up on the logistics of how how that works anytime that they would show they would come outside and you would see the size of the house yeah and then (laughs) and then it's like this this crawl space is just i mean expansive i mean it's a good lord it's like the size of like it's more square footage than my house. I think I'm it might sure. be. It just might be deceiving because it's a little hard to orient yourself when you're down there because they're going like forward and back, side to side, and there's no real like like identifying markers of like spatial relation in there because it's basically just a like a mud floor and like some pipes and stuff. So. I think it was just hard to gauge how big it is. So so it might have been just like deceivingly large. Perhaps. Either way, I thought that the the location was good. I liked the the scene when she tried to I'm not going to spoil it, but she she tries to get out through another way and something happens there and I liked that. Just a little added thing. There's there's several jump scares in this, a couple of which got me and wasn't prepared for. I was also kind of surprised at the the number of times that it's very close of them not getting out. Like they like the gators get them a lot more than I was expecting. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the, the gators make contact. Yeah, like you you see it in the trailer too a little bit, but they don't always I mean it's it's not just like they're trapped. I mean they they try different things and there are several moments where they straight up get caught and it's it. Yeah, it is. It is surprising. And, and there's a dog in it too, which is the dog is incredible. I can't remember his name. It's like pepper or something. Sugar. You're Sugar. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Barry pepper. <laughs> yeah. Well, the dog, uh, it, the it, dog it, has kind of like a salt and pepper color yeah, to he him. Does. He does. He does. Yeah. And once, once that dog shows up, I mean, I, that just ratcheted up the tension too, because I'm like, yeah, you, you better not kill that fucking dog. I know, because as soon as you see the dog, you're like, I'm in an alligator movie, and they just introduced a dog. Yeah, and <laughs> so, there's not a whole lot of people. <laughs> right, there's not that many characters in this movie to begin with, so you're just like, fuck. They're going to kill that fucking dog, aren't they? But then they have looters, and it's like, okay, well, here, we're going to get three good ones. <laughs> we're at least going to get the looters, right? I mean, yeah, because like if you would have killed the dog and not all of the looters, I would have been extremely upset. Especially with, you know, the white girl with cornrows. Oh, yeah. She gets it. She gets it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the dog was great. I love the The dog. dog, The dog survives, by the way. The dog does not die. So you need to know. Some people want to know that. It just, you know. I yeah, I didn't know there was a dog in this, but I probably would want to know ahead of time too, just so Please. I could prepare myself. It's such a great dog too. Good dog. Good dog. Really good, good dog. dog. It comes over and it tries to help with the little door. The yeah. Hatch. Yeah. Poor guy. He's just laying down. He wanted to help. He, he tried. He did. He just didn't know what to do. You can't <laughs> blame the guy. He tried. He tried digging the hatch. What else you want him to do? Yeah, this is one that that really worked for me. I I really enjoyed this. I was hoping that that it was going to be. I had high hopes for it, and it and it certainly delivered. I I like Alexander Aja's stuff. As I said, I liked 
Piranha 3D and and um I wasn't a big fan of the Hills Have Eyes, the remake that he did in, in 2006, but I did like Mirrors and um, I liked Horns. High Tension was great until the end. And I think the, the best thing about this movie is it's, just, it's pretty much what I wanted it to be. There wasn't, you know, based on the trailer, I got, I mean, that was like the, the purest advertisement that I've seen. In a long time, because a lot of times with trailers, you don't have really, you kind of have an idea and it ends up not being what you expected. But based on the trailer, it's exactly what I thought it was going to be and exactly what I wanted it to be, which is just, hey, they're in a crawl space. There's gators. They got to get out before it fills up because of a hurricane. They might not make it. Who knows? And it's just, it, it works for me. There's a very short buildup, so there's there's it's not like an extended buildup time to establish the characters. They do they do just cool. enough so that we can know who the main character is and like what her what her story is, and then they pretty much just jump right into it with the you know giving us some background info on the status of this hurricane, and then her going to find her dad, and then it's that's it. Like, yeah, and that's another thing too. I mean, runtime wise. Like this is this is a brisk movie because yeah. it starts once the alligators kick in, it's just pretty much relentless from there on out mm-hmm. and, until and it's it, over. And should be noted, the the alligators are already there by the time she gets there. So it's not like the alligators arrive later on. Like that's why he was stuck down there. You see it in the trailer, but it's not a hundred percent clear in the trailer if he injured himself yeah. like some other way. But no, it's. It's because it's the alligators are down there already. Yeah. It's just the, the hurricane breaks loose the rest of his buddies. Mm-hmm. And they all rendezvous at that corner for some reason. Yeah. Let's <laughs> uh, <laughs> all hang out here. Yeah. Don't, don't go into it with the expectation that you're going to get 100% realistic gators in this. Because that's... It, <laughs> It's not what don't this be, is. It's not what it's designed for. Don't be a fucking gator scientist, okay? <laughs> uh, we don't need. God, we don't need God. any more gator scientists here. Goddamn gator expert! They're gators. Uh, they look like gators, and they eat people. What more do you want? Uh, I told my wife I'm gonna from now on every movie that she sees that involves something that's not 100 percent real. I'm gonna nitpick it. <laughs> be like, well, that wouldn't happen. That means every animal attack movie. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. Jaws. Is, yeah, Jaws. That's not even she, close and, to Jaws. And that, that that was one of my arguments, like because because she loves Jaws. It's like one of her favorite movies, and I was like, Jaws, come on, like that's, that's so yeah. unrealistic. That's weird because that's my wife's favorite movie too. It's Jaws. Well, it's a classic. She's fucking obsessed with it. When when we came out of this movie, uh, one of the 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 women running, working there or whatever, was like, is it as good as the shark movie? I'm like, what shark movie? Like, I'm, like yes, I'm guessing you mean Jaws, which I would hope that you would know the title Jaws. But shark movie, there's a lot of shark movies. Of course she meant uh, Jaws 3D. I, I wonder if she was thinking like, like Sharknado. Like it, it, maybe she was thinking it was like a hurricane that brought alligators like in the actual hurricane itself they're just fucking whipping around it'd be funny if she was referring to like one of those really uh not obscure shark uh, maybe an obscure shark movie i can't think of any right now like open water if she was referring to open water if you remember that one <laughs> it's like her favorite movie is it as good as that shark movie <laughs> you mean jaws no 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 open, open water, water. <laughs> oh god Let's go ahead and give Crawl a score. Kevin, when are you going to give it out of 10? I'm going to give it a solid 7. I'm also sitting at a 7 on this one. Really fun. Recommend you this go is, see it in the theater. Is, it's a good summer movie. It's a like, great uh, summer movie, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it was just like the the mood that I was in, you know? And it's just like really hit the spot. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love creature features i love containment thrillers i even have a soft spot for disaster movies so Mm -hmm. and and this was just 
Like you said, it was all of those things wrapped into one, and it was just a lot <laughs> of fun. It's just a confluence of all those things. And it's all happening at the same time. Like everything is is getting worse at the same time. Yeah, and and that's that's one thing that I I did enjoy about this. And in in other movies where when you think it can't get worse and somehow the director comes up with a way to make it worse for them. Like that's what happens in this movie. And I think that that's, that's always one element that I always really like when you're just like, Oh man, how are they going to get out of this? And then something else happens. You're like, Oh no, now they're really screwed. <laughs> I just imagine you. <laughs> Theater cool people just saying that out. Like, oh no. Yeah, they're really screwed. <laughs> uh, all right, that's Crawl, and that's in theaters right now. Uh, let's talk about someone we're watching on the watch list. I think it's I think it's your turn, Kevin. You can start oh, us off. Oh, it's my turn, huh? I don't know. Uh, oddly honestly. enough, and I think it actually is. Oddly enough, like, this has happened a couple of times, and I'm not really trying to do this, but the only things that I saw were documentaries. Hmm. Which it, if you were, huh? yeah, and if you were to ask me, I'd be like, yeah, I don't watch that many documentaries. But like the last couple of months, it's been a lot of docs for some reason. But uh, this one's a really good one. I finally got around to seeing Hale County this morning, this evening, from uh, mm-hmm. Ramel Ross. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, you gotta watch that. I can't recommend this enough. It's just, I mean, it's a relatively short doc i think it's only like uh 70 some minutes maybe 80 minutes max and it's just this you know kind of intimate just he's following around numerous people within this this small town and just kind of hangs out with everyone a little bit and then it's just kind of patchwork together and it's got a lot of stuff going on in terms of uh creative flourishes there's there's some time lapse there's some fast forwarding there's some slow tracking shots there's there's this one portion where there's this guy uh kind of practicing shooting hoops because he he really needs to make the team for for himself and so it's just like him with his camera handheld just trying to get as close to behind this guy and he's just like following him around the gym as he's shooting and it's just, it was, uh, it's pretty interesting. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on here. And it's just, those type, I always seem to be really, really into these type of docs where it's like this, these city symphonies, but it's more so focused on the people, you know, like uh, Kalikala, like those types of things. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit different. It's not exactly the same, but it's a little bit different. Like, there's, there's a stretch of him. He just had, he just follows this little kid. He, he must be like two years old, maybe. And this kid is in his house, just running from like the hallway over to the wall and then back to the hallway and just running back and forth for like almost two minutes. And like, at first it's just kind of like ridiculous, but then at the same time, it just becomes the funniest thing ever. Cause this kid is so into it. Like he, I don't know what he's doing, but he, it's really important to him. This running back and forth business. <laughs> hmm. Fucking kids, man. They're ridiculous. And but that yeah. is Hale County this morning, this evening. Yes. Good stuff. Uh, I saw the art of self-defense. This is another, this is one we we're going to review this weekend, but you couldn't, couldn't get I got, to it. I got, I got swept away to Nixon Park. Nixon Park. <laughs> Nixon Park. I'm shaking my fist. <laughs> so this is uh directed by riley stearns this is his follow-up to faults which was another one i was a pretty big fan of i just really like his style of of comedy i like really dry humor i like awkward humor i like absurdist humor and this is this is sort of within riley stearns wheelhouse and that's very much how this movie is there's certainly a darker edge to this movie than Faults. Now, Faults does get pretty dark. Yeah. But this one gets even darker. And it was it was a bit of a surprise, the the turn that it takes. So yeah, I, would not, it, I would not guess that. I would think that the you know, Faults, the movie about cults. Yeah. Would be the darker of the two. Yeah. This this movie gets 
pretty dark. So it stars Jesse Eisenberg as this this guy named Casey Davies, and he is he's a very timid man. He 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 lacks masculinity. He he's he's not a man's man, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. He, he's not your traditional masculine man. And he one night is out getting dog food for his adorable little dachshund. And on his way back, he gets jumped by some people and beaten almost to the point of, of killing him. And when he wakes up, he is even more frightened of the world. He's frightened of just men in general. So he goes to buy a gun, but then he stumbles upon a karate dojo decides to take up, just give it a, give it a shot. And it turns out that he, really t- takes a liking to it and it sort of gives him purpose and it gives him confidence and it sort of uh, cult- cultivates him into the the man that he wants to be. No I think it, in the movie he says, I want to be what intimidates me. And gotcha. it, this, so this eventually happens. He sort of go, gets put under the wing of, of the, the sensei of the dojo and quickly climbs up the ranks and and uh, it, it it goes on from there, but it's it's basically a movie about toxic masculinity and and the what, what this this sort of notion of what it means to be a man, and it plays with these themes in a really interesting way. I mean, I, I literally can't think of a better way to represent it than a karate dojo where you have this like false hierarchy of like the belts you know the colored belts are what represent like how how much of a man you are you know, like you start off with a white belt because you're nothing and then you graduate up to the yellow belt and it goes on from there and uh, Imogene Poots is in it and she's the only female in the dojo and she's stuck at a brown belt and they won't even though she's like the best student in the class she won't get promoted up to the black belt because mm-hmm. she's a woman and she's her, her feminine, uh, her, her feminine body type will never allow her to be at the same level. Oh man. It's very, it uses a lot of really stilted dialogue. Uh, a lot of it feels very awkward and unnatural. Like the, the, the line delivery is, is deliberately stilted and, and short and, like everyone is just on like brutally honest with each other all the time. Hmm. And it's very funny. And again, surprisingly dark. I really liked it. I have a review for this up on the site. Um, I'm watch. I watched this as part of uh, our Fantasia festival coverage that's happening in Montreal right now. Might have to check that one out. I'm still, I, I'm still interested. It's just, yeah. I think you definitely need to see it. Nixon park was calling. I can't, you can't say no to Nixon Park. I understand. Sorry. That's how it works. If you get a chance to go to Jacobus, you go to Jacobus. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Jacobus. <laughs> uh, good God. Uh, this next documentary that I watched, um, I'm not even going to attempt to say the name of it. Okay. Because, A, I have trouble with Spanish words for whatever reason. I just have difficulty with them. But if you give me a Spanish word that has an X in it, my dyslexia just, my my brain just goes dead. Like, I can't even attempt to, like, I can't, I can't do it. So I'm just going to spell it for you. Okay? You ready? I'm going to need do you to it. write this. I'm gonna, you got to write this down. T-I-T-I-X-E. Okay. Which this is apparently the like the word for like like leftovers, like in terms of in farming, like when the gleaners come through, whatever you didn't harvest, what is whatever is left out on the fields, the gleaners can come through and pick what they want and take home with them. So in this documentary, uh, directed by Tania Hernandez Velasco, her her grandfather passed away. He had this plot of land in Mexico, passes away. Grandmother's thinking about selling the land, but the director's mother comes in and is like, let's let's try one last harvest. 
on this land. Now, none of the kids in the family, I guess this guy attempted many times to try and like pass down his, his farming knowledge and this and that, but they all moved away to the city. So they didn't learn any of it. You know, they never really took interest in it. So now after he's gone, they're going to try one last attempt to try and get a harvest off this land. So they, they get some family members together to help him out to, you know, to plant all these black beans and what it ends up becoming is kind of like a, a documentary where they're, the director is learning about her grandfather and kind of learning through, you know, the family members that had come helping out, like his brother comes and they learn some stuff through him and this and that. And then they also have, you know, kind of like how farming is changing in the rural areas of Mexico because they do end up getting a harvest from it. But like the one guy says, it's like an eighth of what they should have gotten or what you would have gotten like 20 years ago. And they really, it didn't really seem like they did anything wrong. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like Mm -hmm. they kept running into like catastrophes or anything. Like everything went relatively well. It's just, it didn't yield that much. But Mm -hmm. just the way way in which which it's shot uh, like it's very serious because of course they're like learning about family members and stuff, but there's also little bits of silliness. Like when the kids show up to help out, uh, the one, the, the kid is like, this one kid's like, Oh, interview this flower. So he does like a voice and he makes the flower dance and she actually interviews this flower. And it's like this whole little side note type thing. So it's a little mix of, of both of like the happy and the sad. It's pretty good. I definitely recommend it if you ever get a chance to see it. Okay. I saw Sadako, which is the a new entry in the Ringu series. Oh. And this is directed by uh, Hideo Nakata, who he did the original two Ring movies. So he did Ringu and Ringu 2. He also did the, the Ring 2, the 2005 American one. Uh, which was bad. Mm-hmm. Ringu 2 also got eviscerated by critics, but I, I didn't mind that one. And, I, and of course, I loved the original. There was actually a, a Ring movie that was before the 1998 one that he directed. It was just not not as well received. I think it came out in 1995. So Sadako is it's him coming back to the series after you know many years being away from it. And he's, I mean, his movie Ringu was prolific in the cinematic, especially the horror landscape. I mean, I, I feel like the first Ring movie was the one that really started the the Japanese horror movie trend that that we saw later with like The Grudge and then like Shudder and all mm. of the the American remakes that were coming out for a while there. I, I did, I believe it all started with with the original Ringu. And it was a great movie and it was a great concept. It was very scary. And I was kind of hoping because there have been tons and tons of sequels and prequels and American remakes and all of this other shit that's come out uh, revolving around the series. And there was, I think it was last year, they came out with The Ring versus The Grudge. And that was pretty bad. And let me tell you, Sadako is worse than The Ring versus The Grudge. Somehow it's more convoluted than that movie was. Wow. This is uh this franchise just needs to they need to end it. It just need it's over. Like it's just over for this series. Yeah. It is so played out. The the scares in this movie are the exact same that that, that happened in the 1998 one. Like come on, come up with some new ideas. Now, they tried to bring in some new elements with this. So one of the things that they did was the curse instead of just uh, transferring to people that watched the, the VHS tape, it got embedded into a YouTube video and anybody that watched the YouTube video got hit with it, but they did that in the ring versus the grudge. So it's, it's not, you know, something that's entirely new, but also they didn't really capitalize on that. And then they introduced this girl this like little girl who has the ability to like, she has a telekinesis 
so she can like move stuff with her mind. And it turns out that Sadako, who is, if, if you're not familiar, is the, the actual ghost from the ring, you know, with the, the white, like dress and the long black hair. Mm-hmm. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the name of the, the ghost. Um, she like attaches herself to this little girl, uh, while also kind of killing all the people around her. And, uh, it starts off semi intriguing, but it just derails so quickly. And by the end, I was just so bored and I was just like, I can't, I just can't get behind this. It's just so, so tired, so tired. (laughs) And unfortunately I can't recommend Sadako. Mm. I've I've been like craving a, a new Japanese horror movie that's like really good, and I just I feel like there haven't been that many new ones that have come out recently. Yeah, I wonder if it's just that maybe there is some really good ones. They just haven't they haven't gotten over here yet. Maybe I mean I I, I look like I True. I look I try to I try to keep. Keep updated on what's coming out over there, and I just I haven't seen anything. Cause yeah, I think I think yeah, I'm with you 100 percent on that. It's just you got it. You're done. You're done. Just end it. Stop. I mean, they've proven multiple times that because they've tried to reboot it. Like this, this, this seems like an attempt to reboot it. The Rings movie that came out what was that 2016. That was an attempt to reboot it. And that was. I didn't even see that, but I heard it was really bad. So it's just, it's, it's done. Put a fork in it. I think I saw that one. If it, it was the one that stars, um, I can't remember her name. The woman from um, Revenge. Was that 2016? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I did see that. It's not good. That's a, that's a shitty movie. Yeah, that's what I heard. Matilda Lutz, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The worst part about that movie is, like, it has some of the the ring lore in it, right? Like, it has the basics of it, but the majority of that movie is just Matilda Lutz doing like some sleuthing. Mm. She just kind of goes into detective mood. Yeah, I mean, and they have like, that. That's it, and it's like yeah. it's not scary at all. Like, she's just doing some some humdrum detective work. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean that's that's how that's how a lot of the the ring movies are, and that's how this one is too. But you have that added, you have the added thing with the girl, and like the 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 main protagonist is she's like a child psychologist who was assigned the girl, so she's trying to like figure out what the family situation was. But then her brother goes missing, and he's the one who made the YouTube video. So there's that connection, and there's just all these like kind of just random pieces in it and it's just way it's way too messy uh that's all i have is just two docs two docs and crawl uh i'll be i'll be posting up some more fantasia fest stuff and i'll probably mention some more of them next week uh another one that i can mention is critters attack this is the new critters movie so Mm. they're they're trying to bring this one back now, earlier yeah. this year, they did release a TV series on Shudder, a new Critters TV series, uh, which was bad. Now, I, oh. I, for some reason, have a soft spot for the Critters movies. I, none of them are particularly good, but they're all, the early ones are kind of fun. So this is the first Critters movie since, I think, 1991 or 92 with Critters 4, which was the one that took place in space. That one was pretty bad. But this one, which is directed by Bobby Miller, who did uh, The Cleanse, which came out last year, which I thought was a pretty, pretty good little creature feature. Mm-hmm. I was like, he's a, good, he's a good pick for a Critters reboot. And it's written by the guy who did Happy Death Day, which is a very well-written movie. So I was pretty excited for this. And- oh, my, oh, my God, is it horrible. It is... It is atrocious. I'm watching this movie and I'm like, how can it be this bad? It is, it is almost unwatchable. Uh, I later learned that it is a sci-fi movie, like a sci-fi channel movie. So that, that explains a lot. It's not an actual, it's not a real movie. It's a sci-fi original. Gotcha. 
So the the big problem with this movie is the script. It is like unbelievable. I feel like he wrote it in his sleep. The 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 conversations, the dialogue that the characters have in this movie are like unlike any conversation you would ever hear in real life. It 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 is unbelievable how stupid these conversations are and some of the things that the people say and some of the motivations and the actions that they take just so stupid so you have the critters they 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 crash land in the forest because it's always the forest they never Mm -hmm. crash land in the center of town you know it's always like somewhere out in the middle of nowhere and then like one person or a couple people find them you know and they get it yeah they get it right off the bat yeah so uh the critters crash land in the forest and then they start invading this this little town and there's this like white colored critter who's like it's like supposed to be cute i mean it's pretty it's still pretty ugly ugly but um because it's like kind of cute and white it's it's the good critter the the black critters are Oh mean, shit. Mean looking and, and bad. Damn. And uh so you have this it's fucked uh up. uh Tashiana Washington is she plays the the lead and she's she's babysitting these kids and they're they're off for a walk in the forest and they find this white critter and somehow they're first of all they're not freaked out by what is clearly an alien life form. Mm-hmm. Uh and Second, what she does is she allows the one girl that she's babysitting take it home. And so she just, this girl just dumps out everything in her backpack on the forest floor and just leaves it there. And then puts this critter, which is pretty big. Like the critters are pretty big, uh, puts it in her backpack and takes it home. And they, they're like, oh, we got to take it to the vet. It, it looks like it's sick, which I'm not sure how you can determine that because it didn't like have any kind of outward, you know, appearance of being ill. Uh, but she, so she's like, Oh, okay, let me call the vet. And then she's like, Oh, the vet's closed. We'll just have to take it, take it home. And it's like, well, ca- call another vet. Like you only have one vet in this town. What's going on here. And then at one point, so, so when they, when the, the other critters start attacking, they're like, oh, we gotta, we gotta go to my uncle because he's a cop. So they go there, and they're like, oh, there's these aliens that are attacking. And the uncle's like, nope, I don't believe you. Just go home, get out of here, quit messing with me. And rather than show them the alien that they have in their backpack, uh, they they try to explain it more. And then when he still doesn't believe them, they just leave. And it's like, why did you not show them the him the alien? you have in your backpack that would immediately he would immediately be like all right let's go <laughs> but no that's that's not what happens d wallace is in this too now she was in the original critters uh however she's not playing the same role as she did in the original one she's playing a bounty hunter like an intergalactic bounty hunter who is hunting down the critters yes <laughs> so she comes in there's like no no character establishment with her at all. There's no development. Like, where did she come from? What's she doing? She's just there. And she just pops up. She has all this like alien weaponry and alien tech. And she just fucks these critters up, like chops them in half, sl- just slicing and dice and shooting them with alien ray guns and shit. Uh <laughs> which is admittedly kind of fun, but the movie's just it's by this point, I was so checked out. Uh, it's it's uh, really horrendous. The only thing that I'll say is it does have all practical effects. There's no CG in this at all. And the, the practical effects uh, don't necessarily look great for today's standards, but they look the exact same as the original like critter puppets from the 80s. So I give them points for consistency and using 100% practical effects um, yeah. because some of it was pretty well done but the 
just the narrative, the characters, the performances, everything else was just so, so poorly executed. I, I can't recommend this. This is all, this will be on VOD on July 23rd. And then it'll be on sci-fi later this year, but they haven't announced uh, an air date yet. Mm. It's oh, critters attack. Uh, the final one that I'll mention very briefly is the chill factor. This is actually from 1993. This is coming out on Blu-ray this, this week. Arrow is putting this out. This is a really weird movie in that I didn't know anything about it going into it. I literally just popped the Blu-ray in, turned it off, started watching it. And I thought it was an eighties movie. It looks like an eighties movie. It sounds like an eighties movie. There's this kind of like soft core porn style soundtrack. The women in it have like real big hair. They're wearing, it's a, it's a snowmobiling movie. So they're like in these kind of uh, like spandex jumpsuit things. And it just looks like an eighties movie. Um, but then this narrator comes on towards the beginning of the movie and she's like, we're only a few years away from the new millennium. And I'm just like, what? So I look it up and it came out in 1993, which wow. is way too late in the decade for it still. Cause you know, early nineties movies, like movies that came out in 90, 91 even might still have that eighties vibe, but 93 is way too late for having that eighties vibe. So, it involves a group of snowmobilers who are they're all friends. Some of them are dating each other and they, they go to this, they're, I think they're in Canada and they go to this bar after a, a fun day of snowmobiling. And the, the bar owner tells them about this frozen lake and they decide two of them decide to have a race on this frozen oh, lake. Oh, and, geez. and, what happens is they, they, they do the race, they hit the finish line, but neither of them stop when they get to the finish line. They just keep going for some reason. One of them ends up falling off of his snowmobile, just randomly falling off. And the other one goes off like this ramp and smacks headfirst into a tree and sustains a, a head injury. So they're like, so they're like, oh, what do we do? We got to get help. And they're like, oh, we're like, so far away from anybody to help us. They're like, well, do we move him? And they're like, no, we shouldn't move him. And then they're like, well, let's go, let's go and see if we can find, find something. So they go and they find a, like an abandoned boarded up church. And, and, and even though they were like, oh, let's not move him. They move him to that church. And it's like, if you're going to move him to the church, why don't you just move him all the way into town? And get him some help, for God's sake. No, they just leave him in this church. And it turns out that the church was, like, used for some sort of demonic, like, satanic practices. And and while they're, like, hanging out, waiting, because after they move him to the church, one of the other friends goes to get help. Yes. While they're waiting, they are, like, looking around, and they find this, like, it's sort of like a Ouija board, but it's like a spinner. Like, you know, like, like the mm-hmm. old kids mm-hmm. board games when you spin the arrow, it's like that. Uh, and it's got like different words on it and letters and stuff. And they, they play with this thing and it ends up conjuring a demon who possesses the guy who was injured yes. and he comes, he comes back and he's acting like he's all healed up and whatever. And he starts killing them with his mind he like makes like the one guy goes outside and he makes like an icicle drop right into his eye. Um, and like this other woman, he causes her to get all tangled up in these like wires and chokes her. It is so ridiculous. There's also just to step back. There's a scene in the bar when they're talking, they're chit chatting. And first of all, like everybody in this bar is like super racist because the one guy has a black girlfriend. So they're like being really hostile towards her for some reason. It, it doesn't have any like merit on the movie at all. So I'm not sure why it was even included, but it is, it's there. Uh, so they're, they're in this bar and the guy is talking to the guy who gets injured and the narrator is the, the girlfriend of the guy. So he's talking to the bar owner to get directions to this lake. All the while, he's standing next to his sister 
and he's rubbing his sister's butt the whole time, like sensually rubbing her butt. And they make a point to show that. And there's like no other mention of it later on in the movie. It's like, are we going to address that? Because that was really odd and they never come back to it. (laughs) So it's like, what the, what is going on here? They like slightly alluded to this, like, incestuous relationship he has with his sister it's very strange very 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 uh, odd I, yeah i don't know it sounds like you're talking about a goddamn masterpiece that's what it sounds yeah. like uh yeah previously this was only available on vhs so arrow did a 2k remaster of it and they're putting it out on blu-ray so if you want to see it it's called chill factor i mean it's terrible but it is incredibly entertaining Yes. And also, also, there's a chase scene involving the, possess, the possessed guy and the main the main woman, and he's like he's possessed, and it's a snowmobile chase. Yes. So th- there's a there's some sweet snowmobile action in this. That sounds incredible. I never would have thought of putting demons and snowmobiles together. Yeah. It is definitely uh it's definitely a matchup, that's for sure. Man, 80s and 90s wild time. All right, let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. We got The Lion King. This is the this is the biggie. Big a lot daddy. of people a lot of people not not into this one. I'm so happy that it's finally coming out. Hopefully people will stop talking about it. Are you planning on seeing it? No. Nope. I want to see it just for the visuals. But at the same time, so what I was afraid of was it's just going to be like a shot for shot remake of the animated one. I don't want that. No. Like the animated one is, it's good enough. Why do we need to remake it? What's the point? And then when the reviews started coming out for this, I didn't read any actual reviews. I just saw like people talking about it on Twitter and such. Everybody's saying it's just pretty much a shot for shot remake of the original one. Yeah. I saw... Someone, I think it might have been David Ehrlich compared to to Van Zant's Psycho remake. Mm. Yeah, it just it, I I get the sense that it's more of just a just kind of a showcase for the yeah. technology, a like tech hey, demo. Look, look what we look what we did, and it's just like cool. I, I guess. I mean, from the 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 animation looks absolutely incredible from the trailers, but. I feel like it's not the best use of that style of animation, you know, like ultra realistic yeah. animation. <laughs> just, like maybe, it's... maybe use it to accentuate actual live action movies rather than make yeah. a whole movie like this. I, I don't it's, know, man. It's just weird too it to be like, instead of the original Lion King, how about I get a photo realistic warthog singing? I don't fucking want that. Who wants that? Yeah, I mean, it certainly doesn't. It looks like all of the the charm was lifted out of this, and I'm sure there's a lot of really talented animators and people involved in this movie, and and, and I certainly don't want them to feel like they didn't do an, an amazing job. It's just I think it's just the source material. Like I I just don't think that. The Lion King was a good idea, you know. Maybe, maybe, maybe if they made a different movie about yeah. about talking animals that was just not The Lion King, it would have worked better. People would have been more on board with it. Yeah, it's just a very biz- I, I don't know. It's just weird to me. I don't Bring know back Milo wanna... and Otis, right? Yeah, let's get a new Milo and Otis movie going here and use that type of animation. Something because Lion King is just like I don't want realistic animals replacing yeah. lion king like it's just weird to me all right let's see what else we have here really that's the only the only wide release that i'm seeing we also have a rosie which is in limited release luz which i hope to cover next week oh yeah a faithful man david crosby remember my name <laughs> it's a rock die for david yeah 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 wow i don't know if i texted you about that one i don't think you did 
That's we have this thing. <laughs> Somehow, uh, I started doing this thing where every time I find out about a rock doc, I text Kevin about it. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, you'd be surprised is a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much. It seems like once a day I'll be at work, my phone will buzz, and I'll be like, "Oh shit, is this?" And I pull out my phone, and it's just like fall cap rock doc. <laughs> I'm like, "God <laughs> damn it!" <laughs> uh, I enjoy doing it. Uh, we also have at war. I don't care if we go down in history as barbarians. Too long. Come on, guys. That title it's, is. It's well. It. I much rather have titles like that instead of that. You know, those ridiculous slates of one-word titles that. Oh yeah. Populate yeah. the VOD calendar. I I agree. I would also have a ridiculously long title than, like, skin, which is coming out also. <laughs> Oh, I, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. Skin doesn't come out till the 26th, but it's still a good example. There you go. Totally forgot about that movie. Uh, all right, let's see what's coming out on VOD this week. We have They're Inside on July 16th. We have Puppy Swap. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I forgot about this movie. Love Unleashed. This this stars Puppy Swap stars Rib Hillis and Sarah E. R. Fletcher. <laughs> uh, so wait, Sarah E. R. Fletcher. Yeah. This is a dove approved title. A what? A dove approved title. What the fuck's that mean? I see these pop up sometimes. They're like the this like it's kind of like this family friendly label. Oh, okay. I don't know. This, this movie looks awful. We just spent way too much time on it. <laughs> on the 18th, we have Secret Obsession. This is going to be on Netflix. Ooh. Also on the 18th, we have Absurd Accident. And then on Friday, we have Supervised, which is that superhero movie with Tom Berenger and Bo Bridges <laughs> and Louis Gossett Jr., Oh my good God. <laughs> Go look at the poster for this. Man. Cover, cover that in the last. Oh boy. Yeah. Is that what you want to do? Good double Pu- bill. Puppy swap supervised. Jeez. Uh, we also have Iron Sky, the coming race. I believe this is the third in the Iron Sky series. Watch out. Yeah. Taking over ne- the next Marvel. Iron Sky. I remember the when the first one was, I believe the first one was crowdsourced, and it was like a very early kind of crowdsourced thing. And I was yeah. I was really interested in in the original one. I, I I was pretty excited for it because this is back when like the kind of throwback type movies were were just starting to come out, and like this one was they're fighting Nazis and killing Nazis. And it was like this really over the top thing. And then the movie came out and it wasn't very good. And now they're just, didn't they keep making them? Keep I mean, I think it's cool. Iron I, I, it, it's, it seems like they have a really hardcore fan base. And I think that's really cool. I mean, it looks like this one has dinosaurs. I don't know if the last one had dinosaurs in it, <laughs> but it definitely on the poster shows Hitler riding a dinosaur. So wow. Hitler riding a T-Rex. They're still fighting the Nazis. I guess so. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it, Hitler looks pretty jacked up right now. He's like got all these burns and stuff. So they're they're chipping away at Hitler, but now Hitler is coming to some dinosaurs. So yeah. The momentum might shift a little bit. Be interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, sort of trust comes out. This is the uh, Mark Marin starring uh, Lynn Shelton film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Looks pretty good. Looks funny. Pure uh, Purge of Kingdoms comes out. This is the uh, spoof. It's the unauthorized Game of Thrones parody movie. So I I recommend watching the trailer for this and just being like, what the fuck. What is happening? Incredible. 
And finally, we have Into the Ashes coming out. This is uh, one with Frank Grillo. Oh, okay. Uh, Blu-ray this week. Got Shazam. If you haven't seen that yet, I would recommend it. I really liked Shazam. I was, I was surprised at how much fun I thought that was. The Chill Factor from 1993. That's going to be on Arrow. Mm-hmm. Teen Spirit from... This says 2018, but I'm pretty sure that came out this year. That's the one with Elle Fanning. Fast Color from earlier this year. Oh, cool. I've been wanting to see that one. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I think that one like totally bombed. Really? Uh, if it's the one I'm I, thinking of. I'm not fucking interested in that. I'm my own person, Adam. Come <laughs> up with my own opinions. All right. Ashes the purest white. Hell yeah. So that's that's two you're excited for. Let's see if we can go for a a three a, a three for. <laughs> Here we go. Let's go with uh 1999's Mumford. Mumford. What the fuck is Mumford? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, let me look this up real quick. I might be interested in Mumford. You never know. What is it? 19 1999. 1999. Mumford. Kino Lorber is putting it out. Directed by Lawrence Kasdan. Jason Lee. Hope Davis. David Paymer. Mm. No, thank you. Two out of three. Sorry. Mm. Thunder Road is also coming out on Blu-ray. Highly recommend Thunder Road if you haven't seen that yet. Behold a Pale Horse from 1964. Oh, that sounds good. Just based on title alone, that sounds pretty badass. Yeah, it seems like one you'd be into. 10 North Frederick from 1958. Relaxer from earlier this year. The President's Lady from 1953. That's pretty much it. What about Criterions this week? Ooh, we got two. Uh, We have a a life comedy from 1938. That's The Baker's Wife. Oh. French movie. New subtitles, commentary, some introductions, TV interviews, all that good stuff. And then you got Clue from 1971. This is is what won uh, Jane Fonda an Oscar for her performance. So you got a new interview with Jane Fonda, new program about the film, archival interviews, making up documentary that was shot at the time of the movie, like all that stuff. Get all that in there. Solid. Get it. All right. I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. Give a minute. Take a look at our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash filmpulse is the site. And consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rickstraw, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. 